welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, we are back, baby. It is time for a little fairway rolling on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies. We are in an exciting time on the PGA Tour. You may not believe it because there are exciting things happening across the United States and international sports environment, but golf is being played in luxurious destinations like the Dominican Republic. We are going to go through the unexpected victory by Hudson Swafford a pal of none other than our PGA Tour correspondent, Nathan Hubbard, who is on the line. The first tee is open. I'm going to go over, throw a tee in the ground, and say, my Eagle enthusiast, it's fairway rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What up, Nate? How you doing, buddy? House. Let's get into it. It's nice to see Swafford back from the injury playing some good golf. So this is now, we have two of these resumed season, new season, 2020-2021 PGA Tour season events sandwiched around the U.S. Open, which is the 2020 U.S. Open. But we have now done a couple shows where we've been talking about these regular season events as items of interest to both of us because of the great opportunity for golf aficionados like you, like me, to see some players who don't get main stage spotlights to come on out and do some things. And we have two unexpected winners. So unexpected, Nate Dog, that if you had had wagered on Stuart Sink, who won the Safeway, or Hudson Swafford, who just won this most recent week down the Corrales 
Punta Cana Championship, you could have had either one of those guys at better than 200 to 1 odds. Those are long shot odds. Both these guys won for the first time in a very long time. Stuart Sink, obviously, his first since he won the Open Championship. And for Hudson Swafford, this was uh, after the, his 13th and 15th holes where he dropped a double bogey and a bogey and fell out of what looked to be a pretty comfortable three, four shot lead at the turn, you thought it was over. And when you couple that with a guy who has been on a major medical extension and was down to his last few events on that extension, he was going to lose his card. This was a pretty impressive, mentally strong performance from Hudson Swafford. This is an important point, this point that you just made, because a lot of this... Uh, season, these regular season events that feature fields that are not um, peppered with the the upper echelon players is we want... I love how we dance around that all the time. Well, what what do we... It it is what it is. Like, none none of the top guys are playing these events, but we like that. We like to learn some new guys. We like to see some come-uppers have their chance to go do something on tour, and what we are reminded of is, like, just the point you made, the importance of that fortitude, that mental fortitude, the cojones fortitude. You asked Justin Ray before the U.S. Open, what's the cojones quotient? How do they factor that into their data analysis? And he laughed and told you they don't really have the cojones quotient. But you and I are on the cojones quotient, my friend. We're looking for big balls on the back nine. Are we not? We are. And we've talked about this fall season as an opportunity to get to know some of those young up-and-comers. And there's always one, two, three, four guys who break out in the fall and make their way all the way to the Tour Championship, which Sebastian Munoz did last year. He's the defending champion this week in Jackson. But surprisingly, those young guys have tended to wither down the stretch, and it's been a couple of quasi-vets, and in Stuart Sink's case, major vets, who as you said, have had the stones to hang in there and win in these first couple weeks of the season. By the way, thank God we got the Napa tournament in when we did. Oh, my gosh. Thoughts out to those guys. I mean, Man, I, oh, man. It, it, it is in a bad place. A lot of great places burned down just yesterday afternoon and evening. That tournament would not have been held if, if it was scheduled for this weekend. No, restaurants and wineries and vineyards all in Napa were, were really, really, really rooting for all of them to come through as, as best as possible. But the fire up there has been especially pernicious and taken out some legendary spots. You know, hopefully there's a rebuild in place. But your your point about, you know, the opportunity to see some young guys. Now, here's what's interesting to me. We have been kind of circling some names, right? Yes. So we gave some guys last week. Yes. That's right. We were looking for Doc Redman at the Safeway, and Doc Redman uh, went off and had like six or seven birdies to finish that tournament, and it just wasn't enough to supplant Stuart Sink. This week, down in the Dominican Republic, we were looking at guys like Sam Burns. We were looking at guys like Adam Long. Adam Long was on my dance card. We were looking at guys like Mackenzie Hughes. And, you know, we got performances out of them. We also had, you know, the old head. I think he had either the lowest odds or second lowest odds. Henrik Stenson finished tied for 21st. So, you know, as we kind of do some some assessing of where guys are in their games and what might we anticipate for them for for the fall, because this is, again, this crazy, highly compressed 
schedule where, you know, some of the European players have left their families behind at home and they've arrived here in the United States and they're going to stay here and just play event after event after event because it gets them access to the U.S. Open and access to the Masters. And a guy like Henrik Stenson, maybe he's just playing himself into form for this Masters, right? And for so many of these guys, the FedEx Cup points that they can grab right now are literally going to keep them on tour. But last week, we talked about a couple other guys too. James Hahn. James Hahn threatened. He finished top 10. We, of course, you know, Will Zalatoris was our guy uh, who we've been talking about for a couple weeks. The the rest of the press has obviously picked up on him, and he had a T6 at the U.S. Open. T8 last week. So he's certainly continuing to circle the drain around a win these tournaments are where you sort of shake the sieve and and there's a few stones that hang in there at the end who you can see are going to be significant players through the rest of the season. So, Well, speaking of shaking sieves and, and looking for stones, we I want to talk about Hudson Swafford for a minute because you have a, a personal connection to him, which is to say you've been in his presence, you've socialized with him, you maybe uh, even swung a golf club or two with him. You sent me a little video over the weekend, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Why don't we tell everybody about your connection to Brother Swafford and some of the extraordinary skill that he possesses? <laughs> well, Hud Swafford and his wife uh, in 2018 were down at Baker's Bay, which uh, I've written about for The Ringer. It's the place where Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth and JT go for their spring break. Uh, that they have posted to Snapchat repeatedly after the Masters. And it is a place that is mostly about the party and less about the golf, but it's a gorgeous golf course that you tend to generally play barefoot and have about one or two margaritas a hole, such that when you're coming up 18, you don't always remember everything that happens on 18. But But what happened one year that I sent you the video on, and maybe I should have posted it, we're talking about it for crying out loud, but I was coming up 18 and HUD was down there, like I said, with, with some friends and his wife. And he was staying at a place that overlooked the 18th green. But, you know, it was probably still, I'm going to say 50, 60 yards back from the green. And we're coming up 18 and HUD's screaming, Hubbard, give me your wedge, give me your wedge. So we throw a wedge up two stories onto the balcony of this condo where he's staying. He's sitting out on the outdoor furniture on a couch and a table, you know, having some margaritas or some beers or whatever. And he takes the wedge, stands up on the couch, puts a ball on the table (laughs) and and puts it to 18 inches. Yeah. So it turns out Hud Swafford has a short game. We knew it then. He was hurt with a different injury back then. Between then and and this win on Sunday, he had a dead bone taken out of his foot, which, what the hell? I didn't even know that's possible. Right. Uh, a very scary-sounding injury, especially for a golfer with your feet. And uh, and this is a guy who won the Amex in 2017 out at PGA West, looked to be one of those rising guys who was going to start to really be a presence every week. And then he just kind of evaporated because he just has been dealing with a series of injuries for a couple of years. And again, to come down the stretch this week 
looking at, you know, he probably was down to his last six tournaments where uh, on his extension, where if he didn't get enough points to qualify for the tour, he was done. Probably going to have to drop down to Corn Ferry. And, you know, we've talked about it on here. The, the not-so-funny joke that all the players make about the Corn Ferry is what's the difference between Corn Ferry Tour and a large pizza? And the answer is a large pizza can feed a family of four. It is not easy down on the Corn Ferry Tour to make a living, especially not like Hudson, his wife, have a child. It's, it's, it's a lot more difficult. So to come down the stretch and, and uh, you know, persevere is a testament to the guy. And, and he did a lot of it with his short game. I mean, he, he, uh, you would have thought with the double on 13, he was dead. We see that so often with a lot of these players where they're in the heat of it, they get on the back nine and they just throw it in reverse. And, and a couple of our guys did that this week. Adam Long shot three over on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Now he he's he's won the MX before too, but uh, but y- you make the double and you think okay, I- I'm either going to bounce back here or I'm dead. He makes another bogey on 15 and you all but write him off. But boy, he did, he had a great shot into 17, just stung a, a three quarter six iron and then made the putt. And then on 18, you know, came up a little short with his with his putt. Had some work left to do, but drained it for the win and and. Yeah, that's a life-changing moment for a guy like that. He gets into the Masters, gets into the the tournament in Maui, gets into a bunch. You know, he's got a two-year exemption now, so he he can step back now and get back to just playing golf. One of the most interesting stories about Hudson coming out of this weekend is he did a lot of this using a mental coach. Oh wow! And, and, and it's he had his mental coach on site, uh, who who really helped him somehow. Uh, let go of that pressure to try to deliver with that clock ticking on the wall. And it's a reminder that so much of this game and the difference between the guys who succeed and the guys who can go out on the on the local country club course and, and shoot a 68 and, and think they can play on the tour is what's between the ears. Oh, and, and you know, it, that, that's for sure true, but like also a hundred miles worth of talent. I mean, for know. sure. But what I like what what I like about the game of golf right now is a lot of these guys are coming out and talking about their vulnerabilities. They, these aren't mental health issues, but but necessarily in some cases they are, and we've we've heard about that from a number of guys. But guys who've been vulner, vulnerable enough to talk about the mental process, you know, we saw Dak, Dak, the the, the Cowboys quarterback, come out and talk about it and and get you know in a lot of circles he was cheered, but also there's that sort of undertone of guys getting razzed for being honest about the mental challenge of sport and how that interacts with mental health. So it, it's a grind out there. We see these guys on TV. We see them raising trophies and getting big multi-million dollar checks. And it seems like life is easy and good. These are human beings uh, behind it all. And so it, it was good to see HUD win that. And then I, I, I really respected the way that he communicated the struggle that he's gone through to get where he, where he was on Sunday. Well, and we've been talking about that psychological element to this, how crucial it is to golf. And we've been using it in the context of, of gigantic golf stars like Rory McIlroy and like Jordan Spieth. And Rory, you know, when, when we ponder when it is that he might, you know, uh, get back in form to be really, truly competitive in majors again. Uh, we, we, we wonder about the psychological pressure of it. And we had this proof positive from his inability to make the cut 
at a golf course that he grew up on in Northern Ireland last year. The pressure was just too much for him. He hit his very first swing of the day out of bounds, uh, you know, at the, at the open championship last year. And, you know, Rory clearly, he's been honest about it. Um, and, and we ourselves, as we root for Jordan Spieth to finally turn the corner and for the combination of his talent and his brain to reconnect and get him back into that space that he was in from 2015 to 2017, we both believe that it's there. We also both believe that the psychological element of it looms larger than the talent element of it. And, you know, we keep sort of musing aloud, when, when are those two going to j- join forces once again? And it's a reminder that it just sometimes takes time. Right. In any other sport on earth, the careers of these guys would be over. If Pat Mahomes goes out and plays six terrible games in a row, even Pat Mahomes, they're going to start talking about, maybe we need to give him a break, right? But HUD could disappear for two years. Jordan's now, you know, two plus years. Uh, the the brutal thing about golf is you got to kill what you eat. But the saving thing about golf is that, you know, a guy like Stuart Sink can basically be non-competitive for almost 10 years and show back up and win a tournament and, and you know, extend his career dramatically from there. So Jordan's going to come back. Yeah, Jordan will, will come back. You and I both believe it. In that 10-year period for Stuart Sink, still make enough money to, to feed his family and, you know, live off of some of the money that he'd made earlier in his career when he was, you know, when he, when he won his major. That and that this is the the you know and again I've made this joke many many times this is the Tiger effect on on the economics of the tour, the the amplifying effect of Tiger Woods from 1997 up to about you know 2015 on purses and everything else the television everything that goes along with it, hundreds of guys on tour have made a living by just being pretty damn good at professional golf not necessarily great. It only takes pretty damn good, and that's that's that tiger, you know, effect, right? And, and there's some debate over whether this is a good thing. This is why the PGL has a little bit of a, if it's not a full fit foot, they've got, you know, Hud Swafford's dead foot bone in the door, at least, <laughs> of, of the golf world. And it's because the guys at the top know that being consistent week in, week out always is hard to do. And you know, when there's 150, 200 guys who have a shot at getting into a tournament each week, obviously there's never a field that's 200, but 144, 156 guys, it, it makes it A, harder to win, and, and B, it means that when you come down the stretch for an event like the FedEx Cup playoffs, which was set up, to pay the best players extra money at the end of the year, it means that guys like Brooks Kepka and Justin Rose are, or Tiger Woods, who didn't have a good start to the season, are on the outside looking in. And the reason they didn't have a good start is because people like Stuart Sink and Hud Swafford were able to jump in, get a victory, get the points that ultimately, you know, nine months later, in this case, 11 months later, are going to get them into the Tour Championship if they keep up some consistency. And there are some people who think that's actually bad for golf, and that's why the PGL has at least inserted itself into the discussion. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care 
And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, and, and we will save for another day the topic of the TV contracts that the PGA Tour has in place. The upcoming impending demise of the Golf Channel, which is not that far off. Uh, and, you know, the... Uh, interrelationship of the economics of golf on television and producing golf on television and whether or not under the current economic conditions, it is a viable proposition for the networks that have um, rights to golf and, and what the future may hold in that respect, because the PGL, if they get a handful of the best guys and they have economics around a TV deal that makes sense, there, there, that there's something there, right? You can't just completely dismiss it out of hand. It, there, there is something there, but we, we need to get somebody. We need like a a combo business TV, you know, golf expert, and we're gonna we're gonna you know work on that a little bit to come on and w- walk us through what's been happening really behind the scenes. But you know, yeah. golf golf channel is is you know uh, greatly stripped down, and what you're seeing of the NBC broadcast, including the U.S. Open. Is, is diminished. For me, I love the idea that on any given week, we can have a happy Gilmore story, which was basically the random underdog going up against the big name and watching how they work in those situations. We don't get that in any other sport. And so I enjoy 
a really healthy mid-tier of golfers, especially in this day and age where a lot of the young guys who haven't figured out how to win yet, but have been benefiting from technology as they've come up playing golf. They've had completely different instruction. They've had their swings videoed from the moment they could pick up a club. They've had access to TrackMan and all the all the sort of shot tracer technologies that help them understand angle and spin rate and all of the intricacies of swings that the guys that we know and love, Tiger Woods didn't have that growing up. And no. so I, I like seeing the juxtaposition of generations, styles, uh, and and quality up against each other because it means that all of us can get up when we finish watching the telecast and go play this sport. It's what's so great about golf. And it just sort of dangles that carrot out there that the golf gods are, you know, if if, if a mid-tier or nobody guy can come out, if Ben Curtis can win the Open, it means that, House, you and I can maybe go out there and uh, and break 70. Uh, <laughs> and it keeps, well, us, it keeps I, us coming back. I, I'm always under 70. It's just up in the 14th hole. It, that, that's about where I, I jump For over the, the mark. For the maddening nature of this sport, it has yes. this, this, this frame of optimism and hope that never goes away. And I think if you, you know, we've enjoyed those, those events where it's just the top guys. That's what the majors are really about in a lot of ways, but those are still pretty full fields. We enjoyed that that event in the Ozarks last week where it was just four really great golfers playing. I'm not sure that's what I need to see every week. I enjoy the drama of the nobodies going up against the heroes and just seeing what those clashes look like. Yeah, and there was a little bit of an element of that with the U.S. Open uh, at Wingfoot. I mean, Matthew Wolf is not a household name. For for golf nuts like us, we we know about Matthew Wolf and his arrival on tour, and you know the fact that he already put a a, a W in his in his uh, ledger last fall, and you know how competitive he was uh, since the restart, including a top five at the PGA Championship, but a very unconventional swing. A guy who fits a lot of what you just described in terms of having the benefit of technology and you know. Uh, 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 swing, swing coach, and all the rest of it. Again, unorthodox, but still, you know, the the, the great benefit of arriving on the scene fully formed yeah. and ready to go compete at the highest level. Now, the ratings for that U.S. Open were horrendous, but that's just a function of going up against football, and there's Period. no way to avoid it, and that's it. Well, so now, having come out of the Dominican Republic, starting this week in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. Leading through the month of October, we're going to have these ever-increasing sort of escalating strengths of field that's going to culminate, well, the sort of penultimate tournament is going to be this Zozo because it looks like uh, that's going to be in Los Angeles at Sherwood Country Club. Tiger Woods will be there playing and defending his, his title and a bunch of uh, the other top guys all committed this week. So that's looking like uh, we're going to play Jackson this week. We're going to play two events in Vegas at really fun, really interesting, high-quality golf courses. The fields will continue to get better. A bunch of guys are going to play the Zozo. Then we'll have a couple of weeks that are sort of mid-tier tournaments. And then we got the Masters. Yeah, it's a great run. I mean, again... Uh, a little bit of a breather at this point in the in the PGA Tour season make, makes sense. And yet there's still opportunities if you want to um, drop a couple bucks on a couple bets. The DFS fields are outstanding. You A real opportunity to distinguish yourself, create some variance in lineups. The fantasy lineups are, are the exact same way. And if you want to put some you know, guys to win, guys to top five, guys to top ten, there's reasonable 
wagers out there to be had. And this tournament in uh, Jackson, you know, shout out to our homie Jason Sobel, whose uh, column is up on Golf Bet right now. Um, he mentioned some of these guys. I mean, you you mentioned Sebastian Munoz, who's the uh, defending champion here, but also quality guys. Song Jm, who who I believe is going to play this week. Song Jay's back. Song Jay boycotted last week for the first time, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I mean, why on earth? Uh, it, but he's he he's I don't know. He stayed at a Howard Johnson's hotel, ate some Chick Fil A, and now he's at now he's at Jackson. He's going to play this week. But some noteworthy names have all finished in the top 10 at this particular event, yes. at this venue over the last handful of years. Harris English is on this list. Corey Connors is on this list. Uh, Kevin Streelman, Dylan Fratelli, some guys whose names showed up since the restart as, as you know, guys who, who collected a few top 10s and top 20s on tour. And they're all, you know, lined up for this event. Sungjae's one of the guys you got to look at this week. You're not going to get great odds on Sungjae, but Sungjae lost in a playoff to Sebastian Munoz last year. I, I got to believe that his mediocre play through the course of the playoffs was tied to, at some point, this guy's going to start to feel fatigue given the way that he manages or rather doesn't manage his schedule. But he had a little bit of a break here for the first time in a while. So I'm excited to see what a refreshed Sung Jae looks like. And then there's somebody else who, yeah, there's some really interesting storylines through this week. Scotty Scheffler's back. He he had to withdraw from the U.S. Open due to COVID. Uh, he was playing really good golf through the course we, of the playoffs. We wanted to see him at the U.S. Open. I mean, he, remember, it wasn't shortly before he tested when he shot a 59. Yeah, uh, in, in Boston. In Boston. And, and this was, you know, he really, through the course of the playoffs, held off Victor Hovland as if that's a, contest that really matters but uh i mean we certainly aren't going to have a rookie of the year of the year this year because we didn't promote anybody but so i guess he'll be the two two time defending <laughs> rookie of the year but it's time for scotty scheffler to win a golf tournament well and, he, he 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 finished top 16 here last year and, and this is the kind of tournament just like finau won puerto rico hovland won puerto rico you know, you sort of got an easier way in, right? Morikawa won in Reno. Some of those sort of off-focused uh, tournaments are a great way for a guy like this who you look at and think he should have a pretty successful 15, 20-year career, but the first one is so hard to get. This is the kind of place that usually results in a first-time champion, and you look at somebody like Scotty Scheffler and say, you know, th this is the kind of tournament... <laughs> the championship trophy is a chicken. He needs to grab the chicken and <laughs> choke it this week. Oh, no. You want Scotty to choke the chicken? Well, here's the problem I have with Scotty, and it's just that great unknown. Yeah, the odds are horrendous. He's 10 to 1 to win this tournament. He is the uh, at the top of the board in terms of odds to win. 10 to 1 are, are, is a brutally bad return. And... I like maybe something slightly different, which is every single guy on the card is plus odds for top 10. There are no negative odds guys to, to finish in the top 10. So I, maybe it's something a more modest play on Scotty. I think you can get plus 150 odds. So if you bet a, a $10, you get back $15. If Scotty finishes in the top 10, 
We don't know what he's been doing these past two weeks. At least I don't. Maybe I'll ask you. Do you know what he's been doing the last two weeks? Uh, he's been recovering from COVID, so he's been But resting. my question is, yeah, well, but what's that mean? How extreme were his symptoms? I haven't seen stories and I haven't seen him interviewed yet. Maybe he just had to be home. He didn't he, really he, experience he, he, symptoms. He was, he, was, he was largely asymptomatic. Right. So did he practice every single day? I, I think he's ready to play golf this week. Okay. All right. But well, I'm that's... with you that I'm with you that we can find value way further down the card this week. Yeah. There there yeah. are guys yeah. who you listen, last week, you know, again, we said we we talked about we talked about James Hahn, we talked about Mackenzie Hughes, we talked about all, all those guys finished largely top twenty. And as you look down the card this week, there's some really interesting value play for maybe not a to put money on this guy's gonna win. But top tens, top twenties, head to heads. There's there's some winners this week. I uh, want to mention a guy that you've talked about before. Speaking of, and I like just the the southern angle of it because I look for dumb angles anywhere I can get them, and that's Robbie Shelton. Mm. Available this week at one hundred and seventy five to one. So certainly uh, fitting that trend line of the higher odd long shot kind of guys. Um, pretty decent. Uh, performance well what i'll say is an inconsistent performance yeah. post restart he had a tie for third place at the 3m open and he tied for 13th at the at the northern trust so those are pretty good i think there were a couple miscuts <laughs> mixed in there yeah uh, as well but just a guy to take a look at who knew, who we know is going to be comfortable he's young and there's great value for him for a guy that you know has the the game to top 10 in a tournament like this, Robbie Shelton could be worth a look. One of the things that we've seen from the restart is that some of the old guys are flourishing. We talked about that earlier in the pod. Zach Johnson was tied for eighth at the U.S. Open. He played well at the PGA. He's kind of on a roll. He you know, was the man of the year, as we've, as we've said, had, had some really nice moments around that. ZJ's 44. He hasn't won since he won the Open in 2015. If we're going to see another one from Zach, this is the kind of tournament uh, and this is the kind of year that I might like to see him step up and 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 win and, and that you might not be too surprised based on how he's been playing to win. He's 33 to one, I think. I saw 35, but yeah, same, yeah. same, same so, zone. That's so, good value. So, so there is some value there. And then there's a couple other guys that we should talk about who, who, are, who are certainly tour vets. Charlie Hoffman, yeah, played very well coming down the stretch of the playoffs. He he also played well over the last couple of weeks. You know, he's sitting down there. Certainly looks like a guy who has his game rounding into form after a little bit of a flat year in the nineteen twenty season. Uh, Peter Malnati is a past winner here. Um, probably the highest energy dude I've ever met in my life. Uh, the guy can talk with the best of them, but that's a guy to look at who also played decently well down the stretch. He played well in Greensboro and, um, and didn't quite get his way, uh, you know, pa pa uh, you know uh, certainly didn't play Eastlake, but uh, was a guy whose game seemed to be rounding into form. So th there's some interesting older guys. One guy who we're not going to talk about unless you want to, House. Sergio Garcia is in this field. Oh, I mean, whatever. Is that so really where we are with him? Is it over? Like he won the Masters and closed up the shop? Keep getting them checks, Sergio. Keep getting them checks. He's got obligations to his sponsors, 
his clothing sponsors, his club spot manufacturer, everybody in his life to go make appearances at these events. And I believe that he is playing professional golf to continue collecting his money from those sponsors because there, there is nothing about his game that suggests uh, he has any intention of actually winning golf tournaments. He's KJ Choi or VJ Singh at this point, as far as you're concerned. Hey, look, I think that is a uh, demeaning remark to VJ Singh. Who works hard? Who's worked harder than VJ Singh? VJ Singh works his ass off even as he approaches age sixty. Do you think Sergio practices? I'm sure Sergio practices, but you know he's got a nice young family. He's happy. He's got that nice life down in Texas. Uh, with his 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 bride from the Golf Channel. I mean that that's all you know. It's a it's a good life. Well, we look well, fine. So we'll bury Sergio. But as we look at guys this week, you know this course it has greens that are usually like top three on tour. People love these greens. They've had a ton of rain there, and at the beginning part of this week, the greens were not as nice as they've historically been. The other thing that changed since last year is they've put in a new irrigation system to help drain the fairways because they just do not drain. And so a lot, there's been a lot of live clean place moments on this. That's an issue in Mississippi. In Mississippi. So they've figured out how to drain these things a little bit better, which is to say that the fairways are going to run a little bit more this week. They're going to be a little firmer, which to a certain extent maybe helps a player like Zach Johnson on a course that's that's not a, you know, this isn't Harbor Town where it's just about shot shaping and short. That this thing has some length to it. If they if they're able to dry out these fairways a bit, it might make it uh, you know, easier for a player like that to jump in and and be competitive. I I agree with you. I want to make sure we mention two other young players, Doc Redman, who mm-hmm. had a really competitive um string post restart. Uh his last two finishes uh, in in competitive tournaments, he's tied for third. So he tied for third at the Wyndham Championship because he didn't make the playoff, which was at Sedgefield, which I believe has a little bit of a correlation to the uh, Country Club of Jackson. Is that what we're calling it? Yes. Yes, the Country Club of Jackson. And then he tied for third in, in, in Napa. And the way he tied for third at Napa was by birdieing uh, nearly every single hole on the back mm. and almost seizing the tournament. So that I just you know you, I want to talk about uh, Redman as as a legit you know kind of kind of threat here. Um, really good strokes gained on approach. Yeah, and then great ball striker. We're not going to ignore Will Zalatoris, are we? No. Yeah, T- he finished tied eighth last year. With a backdoor, he shot a 65 on Sunday and backdoored into the top 10. Last week, yes. Yeah, just last week. And, you know, there's some school of thought out there, Sobel thinks so, that this week's venue is better for him than last week. Well, he figured out how to putt, and that's what's changed his game. He's always, he's a Walker Cup player. He's always been an excellent ball striker. He just couldn't putt to save himself. And now he is putting to save himself. He is absolutely, at this pace, going to pick up full-time membership on the PGA Tour, uh, which is nice to see because he's been dominating the Corn Ferry Tour. And, of course, with the COVID restart, none of those guys got automatic promotion. Um, but, you know, Scotty Scheffler is an example of a guy who won the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, came up and, and started to make some noise. You know, we were talking about Will Gordon a few months ago in this way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he didn't have the same track record uh, 
th- but we were talking about Will Gordon this way. I, I just think the results we've seen have been pretty, pretty significant. I mean, you don't, you don't perform well at the U.S. Open in the way that he did, you know, unless you've got real games. So this is more than just, hey, he's on a heater. This is just consistency, uh, Sung Jm like consistency, Scotty Scheffler-like consistency. So uh, is he going to win? We'll see. That th- Last week was, you know, I, I would have liked to see him compete more uh, for, for, for the win. He, like, like you said, he sort of backdoored his way into that. Uh, but, you know, this guy is, if he can continue this fall, he, he's going to be knocking on the door of a tour championship pretty soon. I mean, if he just keeps collecting top 10s and we keep betting him at plus odds to finish in, in inside the top 10, that's good for our pocketbook. That's good for our wallet. That's good for Wills Alatoris's family. It, it is. He just scares me a little bit because we get, by the time a guy like this gets this many articles written about him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Y- y- you wonder if you missed the moment and and you get a little bit of that. I brought up Will Gordon only because w- Will Gordon got written about. He had two good weeks and then we haven't heard much from him. Uh, I wonder if this is the same kind of story. I just, the the portfolio of results is so strong, it's really hard to ignore. I agree with you. Well, we're going to have an opportunity. We just mentioned a whole bunch of names. We'll see how we do this week. I'm going to do a little Z uh, DFS on uh, FanDuel. And I'm also going to go ahead and wager a little bit. I like top tens this week. I'm not going to bet anybody to win outright because we've been shown that anybody can win coming from from any spot and you don't really even have to be in form. I mean, there was nothing about Hudson Swafford's game. I think he had one, one top 20 to, to, uh, tele, tele, telecast to tell us that that was coming, but you know, well, we're going to reconvene next week. We will have the winner of this Jackson, Mississippi event in the books and we'll get to forecast what's coming up in Vegas. We have two weeks in Vegas to think about, and we also, we're going to run two shows next week. The LPGA Championship is next week. We have this show coming up. And then next week, we're going to have two shows. We'll have a show go up next Tuesday, October the 6th. And then at the end of the week, we have a great interview with an LPGA rising star. And we're going to talk to her about how the LPGA Tour has been handling the resumption of play, the events that they have under their belt. And, you know, how the, the rest of the season is, is forecast to play. They already have two majors in the same way that the PGA Tour has two majors um, accomplished. And and I think it's going to be a great conversation. I can't wait to talk about Aronimink. Yeah, we've got a lot of interesting things to dive into. There's a lot of value over in the LPGA house. It's, it's, it's time to go ahead and crack that nut. I think we might have to go ahead and allocate a little capital on the LPGA Championship, the PGA Championship for the LPGA. But for this week, the boys are chasing the chicken. Don't choke the chicken, fellas. Don't choke the chicken, fellas.